0: The Holy Gospel for this first Sunday in Advent is found in the Gospel according to St. Matthew, from whom we will be hearing throughout this new church year, from the 24th chapter. Jesus said, About that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as in the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man." For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away, so too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left, As we come to worship today, many of us are still savoring the goodness of Thanksgiving gatherings and the first signs of Christmas that are appearing in our homes. In my family, we've made the annual trek on the day after Thanksgiving out to a tree farm near Rochester to get our tree, and now we have decorated it and our home for Christmas. And I love all of that, and I love the season of Advent that begins today. I just wish we had a little more time to savor it before getting blindsided by this gospel story that equates the coming of God with a thief that crashes into our house and steals our stuff. (laughs) It makes me wish that I were out with all of those other Pacific Northwesterners for doing other things today. After Jesus' words were heard, I felt like, I would actually rather be skiing or biking or sipping my first egg, eggnog latte or just plain sleeping in. And if I were to point fingers, I would start with the people who created this lectionary series of assigned Bible readings. They could have let us just walk peacefully into Advent, but no. They had to go all the way to the end of Matthew's Gospel to find of some verses that will put fire under our feet. But in the end, I do have to point the finger at Jesus because he is the one who said these things. This jarring text was not wordsmithed by a lectionary committee. It is Matthew's account of what Jesus said to his followers. So we have to make room for it and listen for the good news that it brings. One of the problems I have right away with this text is that I have heard it used in ways that support a view of God and a view of the end times, which I simply do not accept at all. When I read it this past week, I was transported back to an outdoor concert that I attended almost 50 years ago with my youth group in Southern California. And singing in the style of many folk musicians of the time... Larry Norman drew language directly from this gospel reading for a song he wrote entitled, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. It was heavily influenced, I'm sure, by a book that came out that same year called The Late Great Planet Earth. In short, the song by Larry Norman and the book by Hal Lindsey took Jesus' mention of those two people in the field and the two women grinding corn And mash that up with a contrived uh, theology of rapture that had true believers being evacuated safely from this earth and the others left behind to die. They evidently skipped right over the Bible reference that Jesus adds about Noah and his family. Or maybe it just never occurred to them that Noah was the one left behind so that he and his family could be part of God's new creation right here. But in truth, my biggest problem with this text is that I don't want to hear what I think it is saying. Having had my house broken into in the middle of the day and my stuff stolen, I don't want to hear that that's the way God is going to come, especially after I've decorated everything for Christmas. Christmas, after all, is about giving, not taking. But as soon as I say that, I remember that new creation doesn't happen by just adding more things to something that already exists. New creation comes after old things have been taken away. As Jesus said two weeks ago, new creation comes after every stone has been taken away out of walls that seem eternal. So in that light, it makes sense that there would be a time of taking before a time of giving, which is a new way for me to think about Advent and Christmas. It's actually starting to grow on me, especially when I imagine God as the actor in all of this. In her reflections on this Advent text, Debbie Thomas writes, maybe Jesus comes as a thief because we need to be robbed. Maybe Jesus breaks in because our valuables have become our liabilities and we need an intruder to sweep in and take what we won't willingly give up. She goes on to ask, what are we clinging to that Jesus needs to take? Our apathy, our self-righteousness, our fears, our unforgiveness. It's no coincidence, she says, that Jesus comes when we're asleep and vulnerable. When else would we relinquish the false gods we cling to, she asks. How else would we cooperate with the deep work of God in our lives? As I think about that, the obvious thing that also comes to mind is that John the Baptist introduces Jesus to us in Advent by first telling us what Jesus will take. Behold the Lamb of God, John says, who takes away the sin of the world. Before his new reign could come, John knew that Jesus had to take away everything that stands in the way of new creation. In our house this year, we're going to use an Advent candle that burns down one marked layer each day as it is lit and extinguished. If you wanted to do the same, you could use any candle or candles, really, and just burn them down a little bit each day and then maybe connect that candle burning with prayers that ask God to take away each day the things that stand in the way of new birth. For many of us, it might be prayers that God would take away our resistance to change in our lives that's necessary and in our society, especially when it involves for us any loss of power or privilege which has been disproportionately granted. To us because of our race, because of our nationality, our gender, our social class. And for others, it might be the exact opposite. Advent prayers might be that God would take away the barriers that keep us from attaining basic human rights and privileges, and from experiencing true equality within our society and within the world at large. For some of us, it might be prayers that God would take away the fear that holds us back or the anxiety that holds us down. A great number of us might also pray that God would take away the intense loneliness that we feel in these days of December or the sadness, the grief, that make a home in our souls at a time when everyone else seems to be experiencing joy and peace. In the end, the loving pursuit of God in all of this is new creation. It isn't just about taking. It's about taking in order that new life can be given. So for the next 12 months, we'll remember not only what God takes, but in all of that, what God continues to give. And we'll remember that through our theme that comes from God's promise to us in the book of Isaiah, where God says, See, I am making all things new. I am doing a new thing in your life. Do you not perceive it, God asks. There are glimpses of this already, on this first day of the Advent season. We have not only this place to gather, we have a new colleague among us. We have a new hope given to us through these readings and through the songs and through all that we receive today. And as we welcome a new church year, it's something that gives us even more faith and courage that what God gives to us will finally be an openness that we might open our eyes truly now in these days ahead to joyfully greet the new morn. Thanks be to God. Amen.